Engaging Leader, Episode 215. The Long Distance Teammate, How to Stay Engaged and Connected While Working Anywhere. Featuring Kevin Eikenberry and Wayne Termel. Brought to you by the team at Workforce Communication. Find out more at WorkforceCommunication.com. Leadership inspired trust, passion, and action. Welcome to the Engaging Leader Podcast with Jesse Leahy, consultant, writer, and speaker. Jesse has helped executives engage hundreds of thousands of people. Join us now for principles to communicate, engage, and lead with greater impact. Welcome to the show, Engagers. Working remotely is not just a new normal that we have to learn to live with. It's an opportunity to work and lead in ways that provide great operational and productivity results for the organization, as well as to be part of a great team while finding individual meaning and purpose too. But there's a big difference between working from home and feeling like and being an effective member of a remote team. How can you be a great teammate and leader while working at a distance from the people you collaborate with? Today, we're talking with the authors of the new book, The Long Distance Teammate, about tips for being an effective member of a remote team, leading well as a remote leader, and how to combat the very real potential of isolation and loneliness when working from home. Kevin Eikenberry and Wayne Termel are co-founders of the Remote Leadership Institute. Kevin has twice been named one of Inc.'s top 100 leadership and management experts in the world. They've written dozens of books separately and together. Their previous book was The Long Distance Leader, and now they're out with The Long Distance Teammate. Kevin Eikeberry and Wayne Thurmel, welcome to The Engaging Leader. Thanks, man. Nice to be here. We're ready, we're ready and willing and happy to be here. So your first book together, The Long Distance Leader, that came out in June of 2018. What has changed since then? COVID. Uh, that's a good place to start. <laughs> the thing that, and I'll, I'll just say something quickly and then let Wayne go here. But what I would say is that everything that is true about being a remote leader is still true and really hasn't changed, except there's what I now call the COVID layer. There's this whole other layer of, uh, of uncertainty, ambiguity, stress, anxiety, and we go right on down, you know, the other new responsibilities that some of you are feeling by trying to have to be teaching school too, uh, or you're, you're worried about or can't see your aging parents or whatever that all is. And it's different for everybody. So, you know, it's the COVID layer. And it's the fact that many people now are working from home where they weren't prepared for it, didn't think they were going to, et cetera. Wayne, what would you add? Well, to that? I think that being unprepared for it thing is really interesting. I, I, you know, we have a client, for example, who had read Long Distance Leader and we were working with them and they were very excited because they were going to be 60% remote work by June of this year. And March 6th, <laughs> they went, oh, it's 100% tomorrow. And so a lot of people, I think, had plans or they were doing a gradual fade in. They were starting to have hybrid teams where some people were at home, some people weren't. What's happened, I, I think, especially, I mean, COVID just made the rock roll faster downhill is kind of everybody was working remotely. 
And a lot of the managers weren't prepared for it. Now, in a way, the timing is about as good as it gets because I can't imagine trying to do this 10 years ago. Um, just as an example, you know, in January, Zoom was a niche free, a lot of corporations weren't using it, a lot of small companies might be. And nine months later, it's a verb. And it was a $50 stock and now it's a $500 stock. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. So the, the, the long distance leader uh, comes out and which at that point, in many cases, the, uh, someone who was a long distance leader was, was a minority. That was a, rather unusual. And now it's suddenly the norm and could be the norm for, for quite a long time. Tell us about some of the challenges that are facing today's leaders. Well, it's easy to say there isn't that much different. I mean, Genghis Khan ruled half the world and never held a WebEx meeting. So it's not like it can't be done, right? Sales teams have been doing it for a long time, right? Uh, I think what's happened is that it's it, it has rapidly increased and functions that people didn't think were going to work remote are. And so if you think about, and there's a model in long distance leader that speaks to this. If you think about what you have to do as a boss, as a manager, as a leader, not much has changed. I mean, break it down. You need to coach, you need to delegate, you need to uh, manage performance. It, yep, <laughs> need to do all that stuff. What has changed radically is how we do it. We can't rely on the face-to-face -face people skills that we've developed since we learned to crawl. And so that's been the piece. It's not what you have to do as a leader so much as how you do it. And that's what makes it trickier. And it's all being mediated by technology. So we have to learn the technology. We have to know which technology to use when. So like Jesse, you know, we're using this technology here, your second go round. And there was a moment, it's all great now, but there was a moment of, uh, and that's the stuff that's <laughs> happening every day, all day long for folks. Right. And if people don't know which tool to use or how to use them, and if their leaders aren't using them and modeling them well, then we've got all those challenges, too. Right. For sure. I just want to say one more thing that I've been thinking a lot about lately, because, you know, when the I will say another thing that's changed a little bit as we work with leaders around the world almost every day in workshops, virtual workshops and stuff, is that the challenges that people used to tell us were the biggest challenges as leaders. We don't hear as much now. At least I don't. Maybe maybe you do, Wayne, but I'm not hearing quite as much. One of them being, well, I don't know what they're doing. We still hear it, but it used to be like the first thing we always heard. Well, I, how can I, how can I, I can't see them. I can't see if they're working. I don't know what they're doing. I know, are they eating bonbons, whatever, right? And so I know Wayne wants in, but I'll say, say one more thing. And that is that I think words matter a lot. And if you go back in the history of work, uh, it used to be before the industrial age, people learned a, a a skill or a trade from someone else, and they were supervised to do it. Then we had the industrial age where we supervised one to many, but that was the word, supervise. That word, we could argue that before COVID, that word wasn't serving us. It's definitely not serving us now because many leaders felt like my job is to supervise. You can't. And you really, for, for knowledge work, which is the word, I mean, the work that isn't knowledge work is still being done in the factory, in the warehouse. Some of that didn't go remote, couldn't, right? So I think we got to be really careful with that word supervise because I think it gets in our way a lot. 
I think there's a couple of reasons why that happens. And I, one of them generously is we've started to move from managing behavior to managing output, right? I don't care if somebody makes a target run in the middle of the day as long as the report is there on Friday when I need it. That kind of stuff is a positive. Hopefully that's happening. Well, hopefully that's happening, but I think that's part of what Kevin's talking about. The other part, though, is something that has not happened for a lot of leaders, especially senior leaders, which is they've been forced to work remotely and they've gone, hey, wait a minute, this actually works. And I find myself making a target run in the middle of the day. And so maybe they do too, but the work is getting done. And at the beginning of COVID, one of the big surprises for senior leaders, because they talked a good game, but there was a lot of fear that productivity and everything was going to drop off the cliff. And it didn't. They went, holy cow, people are actually working. People are at employee engagement scores actually went up in the first few months of COVID at many organizations because people were pulling together to make it work. And that surprised a lot of managers because they hadn't worked remotely and they haven't had their people work remotely before. So, so two things. First of all, this episode is brought to you by Target. <laughs> <laughs> the next thing I want to say is that whole productivity thing, we got to be careful with that. And, I, and I, I'm talking now to all of you as leaders remotely and as workers remotely, is that we, we teach that productivity has a numerator and a denominator. Like for me to get to where Jesse lives from where I live in Indianapolis is about a 400 mile drive. Now that ought to take me seven hours, right? And that, if I can get there in seven hours, I was productive. Now, it might if it takes me 12 hours, I still got there, but it wasn't very productive. And one of the things that's happening, especially once we got past the initial adrenaline rush of people pulling together and doing that, is, is as people have gotten tired and we have new words like Zoom fatigue and all that stuff, is the work is still getting done, but I'm not sure productivity is where it was in the first few months because what's happening now is people are just working longer hours or working after the kids go to bed and the work's still getting done. We got a whole new set of issues. So the work is still maybe getting done, but I'm not sure that productivity is where it was early. Now, we had some people that were doing some of that before working once they got home. So I think that there are studies that say productivity is up and the studies that say productivity is down. And I think it's because how you're choosing to define it. And we as leaders and we as individuals right. have to be really careful that we're not just working more to get the same done. And that mindset, Kevin, to, to that point, you know, if you think about long distance leaders, they're a lot of them are primarily focused on the output and that's it, right? Are they getting the work done? Are they getting the work done? That's all we care about. So we don't care that they're really working nine, 10 hours a day. We don't care that they're answering emails at 11 o'clock at night and at six in the morning. And that's a trap that we need to be aware of. And the reason that it's a trap is because that's what we find ourselves doing managers, especially working across time zones, working from home where there's no structure, tend to be really bad about putting guardrails around our own time, behavior, effort. And we're the role model for the team. So if they see us 24-7, always connected, that's the expectation. Part of our job is to help them set the guardrails around their time. And if we're not doing it, guarantee you they're not to, to Wayne's point. 
Yeah. So the, the, and the new book is the long distance teammate. And of course, every today, all these long distance leaders are by definition, long distance teammates as well. So that's one of the, that's one of the um, real challenges is even if you weren't a manager, if you're the kind of person that is sending uh, messages off hours and, exp and really demanding an immediate reply, you're not, you're not contributing to a workplace, a, a virtual workplace environment that's sustainable for for everybody to maximize productivity and engagement and long-term results. For sure, 100%. Right, I think the, I think you mentioned the new book. I think the big, if people say, well, what's the big idea of the new book, uh, The Long Distance Teammate? And to me, the big idea is, is simply this. There's a big difference between working from home and being an effective member of a remote team. And, you know, we sent everybody home and it worked for a while in part because we were running on adrenaline and we didn't think it was going to be any longer than Memorial Day. Right. And we all were trying to figure out how to make it work. And we came together and we did all that. And then the honeymoon was over. Right. And, and we're still doing it. And now we're thinking it's next Memorial Day or, you know, all of those, you know, we're just changing the year as to when, when it might. Be. And so I think that um, that that idea of whether I'm as a member of the team thinking that I'm still on a team or whether I'm leading, making sure that people see that they're still a part of a team and not just doing their own work and their own insular task list is super important. We were really, really uh, aware of the word teammate. And one of the things, you know, when you get into that focus on productivity, just get your work done, there is a tendency in Harvard Business Review and others have studied this, where there's a tendency for people who work physically apart from everybody else to get really siloed and focus on their work and their tasks and not engage in the kind of teamwork, collaboration, brainstorming that happened when everybody lived in the cube farm. And so being a team member is you have the same boss as the other seven people on your team right? Being a teammate implies a level of emotional attachment, engagement, discretionary effort, socia sociability that leads to not only better work, but a more pleasant, engaging, successful workplace all that in you're all. more likely to want to stay in rather than taking the next job. Now, right now we've got, you know, as we're having this conversation, hopefully by the time this comes out, it'll be a little better. But as we're having this conversation, you know, unemployment is still pretty high and there's not a lot of job movement, but trust me, that's going to change. And there's going to be job movement. And when people are working remotely, it's really easy to take another remote job because all I need is a new laptop and a new login. None of my, none of my routines have to change. Nothing else has to change. And so if so, so thinking, put the leader hat back on. If I can help my team feel like teammates, have all those things that Wayne just said, they are far less likely to leave. And we haven't even begun to figure out what it's going to mean long term, and I mean long term in the workplace. Right now in North America, 60% of our social interaction in the course of a week takes place at work. Well, right now in January, I'm not sure right now. In no <laughs> well, that's, that's always been the, right? But that was the thing. We 
saw people at work all day. We talked to them. We went for a beer with them after work. We dated their sister. We, you know, they had, they came over on the weekend. That was a big part of our, so now we have people, you know, with the remote work, there's been a lot of focus on the people who have kids in the house and a spouse and bouncing off the walls. One of the huge problems that we are facing now is isolation, loneliness, people feeling socially deprived. Well, listen, in January right of 2020, pre-COVID, we had, and I don't use this word lightly, we had an epidemic of isolation and loneliness in the in the in North America for sure. Now, Absolutely. Before before the pandemic, we already had this epidemic of workplace loneliness. Yep. And you know, one year later, as this comes out, I mean, we're talking. This is a this is a huge issue. And so, as an individual, if you're feeling that, know that you're not alone. And as an individual, if you're if you're not feeling that, know that you are probably are alone or more likely alone, like that you need to understand and be empathetic to others on your team about that. Maybe be the one that reaches out and all those things. And if you're the leader, I, I'm, I believe it right now, Jesse, we're in what I'm calling the age of empathy because right now leaders sort of know, okay, I kind of got to be. It's always been true with, again, what I call the COVID layer. It's even more true now. And, and so if you're not feeling it, know that others are. And if you're feel it, feeling it, know you're not alone. And all of it impacts, ultimately, the work, right? Well, and, and one of the things, Jesse, and I'm going to embarrass Kevin a little bit, is that it's really important that leaders take the time to make sure that work does not strictly become transactional. And, and I'll give you a really simple example. A couple of months ago, on our team call, Kevin started the call with an icebreaker. What's your favorite candy? And I'm a grumpy old guy, and I'm like, oh, icebreakers, I hate them. But I played the, I played along with everybody else. <laughs> Two weeks later, a three-pound bag of gummy bears shows up on my doorstep. No note, no explanation, no nothing. He puts it on Facebook and says, I got these gummy bears. What should I do? And people said, don't eat them. They you know, Check the packaging and all this stuff. I'll let you continue. And I was not suspicious for the record. I just didn't know who to thank. The point is that it was a silly little thing, right, that meant a lot, that it was tailored to each individual member of the team. And for a week... Each of our conversations with our teammates started with, so what showed up on your doorstep? And we were having those kinds of social human <laughs> interactions that were more than, hey, did you get that report done for me? And they're all wondering if he'd finished and the three pounds yet of those candy. Or whatever it was, right? <laughs> and, and so the thing is that that's an example of being mindful about those layers that we have to uh, that happen unconsciously when we're all in the bullpen together, right? Hey, there's pizza in the break room and it's Mary's birthday. And, you know, you have those kind of forced interactions that happen spontaneously and organically and, and people just kind of dig it, even curmudgeons like me. But they don't happen organically if we don't think about 
our role as leaders and what we want the team to look like. What are what are some additional tips? I mean, you've shared some great ideas as far as as, as a leader and as a teammate in combating that isolation and loneliness. Um, what are what are some additional tips you might have? So let me give you another simple one because I like simple, uh, and you can one that you can do today. Um, think about before you all went away and you were all in the office and you had a meeting and you walked in the conference room and some of you walked in early before the meeting started and what did you do? You started chatting. But what happens now? Yeah. Someone opens the team, the, the leader opens the team, the team thing or the Zoom thing or the WebEx thing or whatever it is at right on time. And like they're already rushing from their last meeting. They didn't even have time to go to the bathroom and they're starting the next meeting 30 seconds late. And here we go. Or you're sitting in the waiting room or the lobby of the virtual meeting staring at a screen. It's a simple thing. In every single web platform, you can push a button that says people can join when exactly. they join. And yeah. so let them join and let them chat because they will. And as the leader of a team that we do that, even though I'm a big believer in starting meetings on time, I've been known to, and I show up and sometimes I don't engage. I just let the team do it. I'm just observing it. We know I'm there, obviously, but I've been known to wait a minute or two after the start time if that's really fruitful, interesting, lively conversation because we can't get it back. Yeah. We also often in our team, we start most meetings with a check in, just take up to a minute and what's got your attention these days, both as a way of letting each other, letting us into each other's lives, but also just it helps to just verbalize something so you can let it go and then be fully present in the meeting. But it's not just meetings. It's every day. For example, we use Slack. You can use Microsoft Teams, Jabber, whatever tool you use. But we actually have a water cooler channel that is for goofy stuff. You know, yeah. uh, funny memes. Um, you know, my kid won an award uh, just the kind of personal chatty stuff that you don't want plugging up your email and can sometimes feel like it's dragging down meetings. But it's important that the team share that information. Yeah, And yeah. just simple things like that. They don't have to be grand gestures. It's not like the only time the team talks to each other should be when there's a meeting. I, if you know, if you're looking at me, I, I happen to just look to see if is there anything that's in the water cooler right now that would be a good example. And um, the, the, the latest thing that's a decent example is actually something that I posted early this morning, which is videos of plants, time, um, time lapse images for 24 hours that plants actually move over 24 hours. And it's just yeah. kind of cool. It has zero to do with our work. Zero. It was cool to me. <laughs> you don't have to watch it if you don't want to. You may say, oh, there's Kevin being weird again. Doesn't matter. Point is, it's the kind of different thing. We poke at each other about the fact that some of us are Canadians. We poke at each other because of our about our favorite college football teams for which the Canadians don't care about, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> he's often told by the way wayne is the canadian and he says i don't really care about your college football everybody but many of us on this team do and but i have grown increasingly tolerant <laughs> he, understands, he understands it right like there's a point where i say okay we're we taking this too far but the point is it's just the stuff that would have happened before someone asked me the other day kevin you can only tell me one thing about being more effective as a remote leader one thing 
I said one word, be intentional. We got to be way more intentional than before about everything because everything before was, we worked on autopilot. We've, we've been inter, interfacing with people face-to-face, -face, like Wayne said, since we could tr crawl and we just have to be more intentional about almost everything now. Hmm. You, so you, you, earlier, uh, Wayne, you mentioned your, your 3P model for remote work success as a, as a teammate. And um, I mean, you, so it just it sounds this intentionality that you just mentioned, um, Kevin, reminds me of one of the, the pro proactivity. And you, you also had talked about productivity earlier, but can you guys uh, tell us a little bit about your model? Go ahead, Wayne. Uh, well, the three Ps, just to get that out of the way, are productivity, proactivity, and potential. So productivity, productivity, depending which side of the 49th parallel you grew up on, uh, <laughs> is, is uh, pretty obvious, right? You don't get the job done. You don't get the right things right. You're not going to have a job very long. So that tends to be the one that people focus on. Proactivity, when we were doing our research for the book, was the thing that every single person we talked to said separates a great teammate from just somebody who's on the same team. And it's not just if something needs to be done, do it without asking. That's kind of what you would expect from a good employee. But it's things like, I have a question. Am I comfortable reaching out to ask that question? Or are I afraid I'm going to interrupt somebody or stop them from working or they're going to think I'm an idiot? So I'm not going to ask that question and I'm just going to stay down. You know, somebody asked a question on a meeting. Am I going into Slack and sending them an answer to their question voluntarily without being asked for that? It's that discretionary effort, that showing you care, that having each other's back, that separates just somebody doing their job from a really great teammate. And then potential is the long-term implications for both yourself and your teammates. I can send Kevin a nasty message and get him to get me the information I need, but that's going to have a long-term impact on my relationship with Kevin over time. And, and let me just make a comment about that. Uh, when we're in the office, we had a lot more informal accidental serendipitous communication. There was more communication between people than there is now. So to that point of Wayne's, that could have happened in the office, but I had 607 communications with Wayne this month. It's one of 607. Now I have 27 conversations, things with Wayne. It's one of 27. So every, back to intentionality, right? Every interaction takes on greater weight because there's fewer of them. If that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So, and what do you mean by potential is one of the three P's? So that potential one really does get at recognize. So I'll just give you one part of the example. So uh, Wayne said it's the potential both for ourselves and for the team and the organization and seeing that. So it's seeing that bigger picture, but it's also one of the things that people have been worried about working remotely is, okay, I wanted to work at home and that's fine, but then that's the end of my career because I'm not being seen anymore, right? So it's it's recognizing yeah. the need to uh, continue to do the right things 
that will help me in my career and in my own growth, recognizing my potential as a team member, as a leader and all those things. And so we can't let go of that. So this book, The Long Distance Teammate, is a very practical sort of thing for every day. But many will see it, I think, and you've, you've read it. It's, it's also a career book. Like, what do you do to help you move wherever it is that you want to go? Whether that's helping you as a gig worker, set yourself up for the next great gig, or whether that's you as an individual contributor, setting yourself up to be the next remote leader, whatever that is. Uh, it's, it's being intentional about that part too. So owning, taking full ownership for your long-term growth, your long-term career and making those kind of investments. And I'll well, probably there's, a virtuous, there's a virtuous cycle that goes with that though, because if I, you know, you have people, well, I'm not in the office. I don't have to move with office politics. This is great. I can get my work done. All of that good stuff. Right. But if you are so focused on your own work, my job is to fill out T48 forms and that's my job. And I fill out <laughs> T48 forms all day. Am I being asked to take part in projects? Is anybody recognizing my work after a while? It becomes very task driven and ultimately that's disengaging, right? It's the same thing all the time. And I'm not seeing any long-term rewards, potential. My work is not getting more interesting, <laughs> any of those things. And that's what leads people to say, fine, I'm going to go find another gig, right? Um, I'll give you an example of potential that a lot of people don't think. You're on a virtual meeting. What do most of us do? Put it on mute and answer our email. But if you do that often enough and you're not contributing to the team, do people think of you when they have a question? No, they start to exclude you and ignore you and pretend you're not there. Your manager is going to go to the person who's demonstrated actual interest in the work and what they're doing and who adds value to the team. Yeah, multitasking on a, on a virtual meeting is... So common, but it's a trap. It's definitely a death trap. <laughs> well, because there's a long-term impact. You know, it, people on your team, do you reach out to the people on your team to say hi? Or when you send an email, do you put a little chatty, ask how the kids were, or are you over your cold yet, or any of that stuff? Or do you just say, hey, do you have that thing? It goes back to something, Wayne, that goes back to something Wayne said earlier, which is that the, the more we work independently and separately, the more transactional the work becomes. He used that word earlier. And we need to create interaction and not just transaction. And that's what Wayne's talking about there. And I, we could have a whole episode, uh, Jesse, about multitasking and the fact that it's a myth and we shouldn't do it. We can't do it. And it doesn't matter. We should stop it. Uh, and if you're worried about that on your in your meetings, the first and best thing to do is have everyone have on their cameras because it's harder to do that, um, you know, if you're uh, on the camera. It's not the whole solution, but it's part of the solution. Yeah. Well, and one thing I wish we had put in the book is something that Kevin says, which is, it, it was kind of a throwaway line, but I think it's really important. And we I'm going to write it down. I don't know what I said. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It, the pearls fly from your mouth so quickly. It's hard to track them all. But we were talking about COVID and, and Kevin said, you know, we talk about social distancing. That's the exact wrong word. We're physically distancing. We need to be and stay socially connected. 
Yeah. And that doesn't happen by accident when you are physically separated. It takes effort to do that. Now, it can be done. I mean, one of the really interesting statistics talking about social, you know, society changing, over 30% of long-term relationships in the last 10 years started online. Kevin and my relationship it's not started that kind online. Of we let, let me rephrase that. Let me <laughs> let me frame that properly. Uh, we met through a podcast that I had. I interviewed him. We kind of hit it off. I interviewed him a second time. The conversations afterwards got longer. I was making a business trip to Indianapolis. I popped in to meet him in person. You know, and that was over five or six years. And next thing I know, he's bought my company and we're working together in the Remote Leadership Institute. So it's not that you can't build real relationships or at least create a foundation for a working relationship, business relationship, but it doesn't happen organically. Yeah. So we're down to just a couple minutes uh, left, and I want to make sure we tell listeners where we can find out more about you and your work and how to get the book. But um, any any final uh, insights that you want to make sure we we share before we wrap up. I don't know that I have any really final uh, words except to remember in long distance leader rule number one was think leadership first, location second. And that is always as a communicator, as a member of a team, what is the perfect thing that I should do and then how do I do that with the constraints that I'm working under? And if we're mindful and intentional about that, whether you are a teammate or the leader, you will more than likely do the right thing. And in a long distance teammate, there aren't rules like there are in a book that has the subtitle rules for remarkable remote leadership. But if there were, one of them would be think teammate first location second. It'd be the same thing. In other words, no, do what you know works and transition it to the nuances of doing it separately. And uh, I would say, man, it's been a pleasure to be with you. And uh, you can you can connect with either of us on LinkedIn, Wayne Termel, Kevin Eikenberry. You can learn about this brand new book at longdistanceteammate.com or go to wherever you buy books and get a copy. We'd love to have you do that. Uh, and, and so, you know, longdistanceleaderbook.com, longdistanceteammate.com, remoteleadershipinstitute.com. Fantastic. Well, this is a great topic, very timely. I think it's just going to get even more important as time goes on here. Thank you so much for taking time to share some of your insights with our audience here. I appreciate you guys joining us on the show. Well, thank you for sharing your audience with us. And, you know, we're happy to be of service. Thanks, Jesse. This is a production of Workforce Communication. We are a team of consultants and creatives using the power of communication to help organizations enhance the well-being and performance of their people. My colleagues and I partner with mid-sides and large employers to attract top talent, fully engage employees, and achieve superior business results. In several areas, including employer branding, talent management, wellness, benefits and compensation, business transformation, and more. Find us at workforcecommunication.com. Our thanks to Betsy Leahy, our production assistant, Jamie Barnes, Tom Hitchcock, and Jenny Kalenda from our social media team. 
JJ Leahy from our video and graphic design team, and Rick Tarrant, our announcer. Until next time, remember, in the 21st century, the real movers and shakers aren't just leaders, they're engagers.